This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis. The girl who in the course of three days will have recorded five podcast episodes on five separate shows. My brain is frazzled and all my lore is jumbled. Well, I'm glad it's you and not me. <laughs> but I'm Ravada, the girl who has just been her normal introverted self, has not been on five shows in five days. And also not very active in the Discord. So, oh, three days? I think you said five days. Oh my gosh. No, but I think we should go around the room and introduce ourselves because we do have some fresh new faces. Super happy about that. And some returning ones as well. Mr. Mass Effect Blue Shift, Psych88, you are first. Uh, hello. Happy to be here. All right. And Apollo. Hello. Good to be here. Uh, thank you so much for coming back. You are always here with us, and it's so very much appreciated. And a new face, Shelby. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to join y'all. It's your first Patreon on the Two Girls, One Ship. I'm excited for it, especially for the topic that we have tonight. Should be a good one. And Meiji Moos. We missed you last time. Hi, I know I really wanted to be on the last episode, but it's all good. Um, I just realized like five seconds ago that my phone kept going off and I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast that needs to be on silent. That's, <laughs> that's supposed to be happening. Yes, because you're being paid for this. So you need to be utmost professional at all times. <laughs> no, <laughs> like we're not paying him. <laughs> I'll be expecting exactly. the check soon. <laughs> nah, you're it's good. in the mail. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll get right on that. That is beside the point. We have a very, very important topic to go over tonight because I feel like this one is discussed a lot in so many different ways. I've seen a million posts on Reddit about it. I hear it in the discords all the freaking time. And this is characters you wish were romanceable. So I definitely have some opinions and I hope you guys do too. Oh, um, but I will also say that we are missing two people tonight, but they both sent in their thoughts. So I get to read off some stuff probably right either during or right after the mid-break is when I will bring in our two written entries. Um, and that is from Captain Shanko and Toasty. So, Psych, why don't you kick us off for the night? And who do you wish is romanceable? All right, so... um probably going to be a, a, a very interesting take because uh, it's not a series that uh, you guys are ever going to like, cover. It's from the Borderlands series. I wish they had been able to incorporate a romance element to Lilith from it. She's such a badass. And then three happens. We're not going to talk about that. But the point is she really comes into herself as like a lead character and um, insanely powerful character. So I, I do wish had Gearbox move forward in that particular direction of role-playing aspects, that they had incorporated that. 
Yeah, I have not played Borderlands, and so I don't know the character all that well, but is there any romance aspect in that game? No. Like, there's a relationship that she has with another character named Roland that, unfortunately, comes to an end at some point. Borderlands series is a an FPS, like, role player, where you're on this insane world called Pandora, and you get crazy loot, and everyone's got insane powers, and you're fighting a bunch of psychos, who's literally what the like main mob is, is a psycho. All for the glory of opening a vault. And so, like, your characters are called Vault Hunters. And, uh, like, Lilith is one of the first Vault Hunters. She becomes a NPC later, and leads, like, a resistance and stuff. It's To me, it was a lot of fun. I sunk countless hundreds of hours into the series. So, yeah, that was my pick. I was just gonna say that I tried to play the first game years and years ago, and because I am a one of those gamers that will either play on normal or easy, because I don't really want that much of a combat challenge. I just like the story. And Borderlands, I could not find a difficulty setting anywhere at the first one. I don't know. I haven't played the second one. And like, it was so hard in the very, very beginning. Like I could not figure out what to do. And so I stopped playing it. I felt so dumb playing that game. I was like, I have played a lot of games. I have never not known how to navigate something. All of the missions were way above the level I was currently at, but that was how I was supposed to level up. And so I felt really frustrated and didn't play it. But everyone has always told me to play it, so I feel like I should give it another go now that I'm older and wiser. The first one does suffer from, like, uh, not figuring out what it wanted to be. It wants to be a first-person shooter, but it also is, like, one of the first games to incorporate um, the, the, the famous loot-based system that you find in a lot of MMOs. And so as you level, it's really based on literally your gear rather than your level that helps you move through the story. That is cool. I really liked the art style of it, mainly. It looked so cool. And I've heard the second one is really where it's at, and now they just came out with Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Is that what it was called? The, mm-hmm. the, the latest one, yeah. There's a DLC that was uh, Tiny Tina's, and the uh, name just left me. What is it? Dun- Dungeon Keep or something? Yeah, uh, anyway. There's a great DLC that's attached to the second one. The second one truly is the masterpiece of the, of the franchise. Apollo, what about you? Who do you wish you could hook up with? So one that's going to be kind of like that. It's not necessarily going to be a person, but I wish I wish that in Horizon that Aloy could have some sort of romantic quest line. Like I don't need I don't need the sex scene or anything like that. I actually don't want that in that game. But I wish that there was some sort of romantic quest line that you could veer off to that would have its own ending, so on and so on. Because there's plenty of characters in there that you could have. There's at least two in there that are clearly attracted to her, who clearly want her. I would like to see some sort of romance in that. Whether it's a DLC, whether they put it in the next game, like I want Aloy to have to be able to fight, to have to fight for something besides the world, like fight for something personal to her as well. I could not agree more. Like especially playing Forbidden West, Arend is all touchy feely with you a lot, and. They they clearly have a nice little flirty dynamic, or at least Iran does with her. Sun King Avad, is that his name? He's like, I will literally wait for you and make you my queen when you're done saving the world. Like, he just lays it out like that. And he's super cute, so I would be fine with that. But man, oh man, if I could romance Katalo, I would romance the shit out of Katalo. I love him so much. I don't know what it is about him. I love him and the fact that I couldn't flirt with him even I was like this is leaving a big freaking hole in my heart and I've had people be like you know you can't romance because Aloy is just so serious like it doesn't make sense for her personality and like it doesn't make sense to not have even just like some flirty people are like oh well Dr. Sobek didn't really romance anyone Aloy is not Dr. Sobek though she's just a clone she's her own person like it would make her feel a little bit more relatable to me up until the second game anyway she really pushed everyone away and i don't know if that's because she was raised you know as the outsider that she was but she she had rust like she knows what love is so 
I really need her to even just have more of that best friend relationship. That would be better. That'd be cool. They, I feel like that's the one area those games are lacking is like the interpersonal relationships are really lacking. If they did it, it would be it would be so good. It'd be so good. Please let me romance Catalo. Please, please. Well, Sun King and Aaron are clearly madly in love with her. Like so, like, even if it's just like you said, even if it's just the flirting, they don't. It doesn't have to go anywhere. Just give us something. I will take even just a like a Liara leaning head on the shoulder type of thing from a friend at this point. Like the only time I really saw anyone touch Aloy in any kind of affectionate way was at the end of Forbidden West when Eren's like got his arm around her, which I was like, Ooh, are they hinting at something? But um, that, I thought it was cute. I was like, they're, they're people, you know? And I feel like it'd be a really great way to also differentiate them other than visually with how they look and what they're wearing. From the Farzina peeps, oh, spoilers, um, you know, like they, Farzinas are not human really anymore. And also most of them are dead, so whatever. But um, like that would be nice to just have some, just we got a squad, but it doesn't really feel like a squad because they don't go anywhere with you. I feel like there was some attempt, like an early attempt at that kind of bonding at the base where you could talk to them, but I need more. Meiji, you had some pretty visceral reaction to that too. Want to elaborate? I just had, like, the, the like, clearest, like, it was like God was shouting at me themselves in the head. This whole conversation is us just going to be like, well, I don't know about uh, the new patron here, but it's, it's just going to be like, you know, I really, like, love this game, and I really wish it was more like Mass Effect. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's really cool that you can talk to them while that you're, at, you know, you're at the base and whatnot. But they can't go on missions with you and shit. And it's like, oh, you just want it to be Mass Effect, basically. But why mess with perfection? I mean, and to be fair, Shelby's like the Dragon Age lore cast co-host. I mean, the so. same, the, <laughs> same, the same argument Age. really could be, yeah, exactly. I just want Aloy to be able to be in love. They don't have to let me, they don't have to give me, you know, a dialogue to lead in that direction. They can make me pick one character. I don't care. I just want Aloy to find love somewhere it's interesting because i'm not even sure if they like because varl and zoe's relationship happened off camera too and it progressed seemingly to the player very quickly but in reality in the game timeline it was over the course of months and weeks but i mean the fact that like they did at least have some romance in the game i'm like come on guys you dipped your toe in the water let's go like you can do it so another game that teased at romance but didn't give up the goods all right. Well, it's supposed to be a trilogy, so let's see what the third and last game brings. Miss Shelby. Okay, so um, I am, I think, legally obligated to talk about Dragon Age, um, <laughs> since I am one of the hosts of the Dragon Age Lordcast. And more than that, I think that I'm legally obligated for my answer here um, to be Varric <laughs> from mm-hmm. Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition. Every, almost every Dragon Age fan wishes that Varric was romanceable, I think. And I do too. I'm not sure that my Hawk in Dragon Age 2 would romance him, but I think that my Inquisitor would definitely be tempted to. But also, just even more than that, like, there's not a full dwarf romance in any of the three Dragon Age games, which I think is really a travesty and something that I'm hoping that that they remedy whenever Dragon Age 4 comes out, um, because we need, we need a dwarf romance. So I, can't can't you romance Ogryn in Dragon Age Origins? No, you cannot romance Ogryn. What the hell? I've been lied to by my imagination. (laughs) Yeah, you can't romance him. I'm not sure many people would would want to either, personally. Uh, But you can flirt with Scout Harding in Inquisition, but it's just flirting. Like, it's not an actual romance, which is sad. I feel like dwarf characters are often overlooked in their romance. And I'm guilty of this, too, so I'm not, like, throwing shade, but I... Everyone simps for elves, and I get it. I get it. Or also Kunari in Dragon Age. Listening to the Lord of the Rings lore cast that, that Tom's been doing has really made me realize that, like, in, like, every type, like, every major work of fiction, dwarves are always the butt of the joke and, like, nothing else. 
it's really sad it, like even going all the way back to tolkien like that's still always that oh yeah, yeah definitely and, like all dwarven like societies in most fantasy settings are like in decline we don't see any like fantasy dwarven societies that are thriving which i think is interesting like you know there's all kinds of different takes on elves but not really like dwarves they all live underground. They all do some yeah. form of stonework. They all talk with a Irish, Scottish, Welsh accent. You know, they all well, have I huge think, beards. Yeah, I think that probably came just because... Never mind. I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I was just thinking of the Germanic roots of, like, dwarves in folklore. It's probably why they all have the same base traits, just like elves. I mean, I don't know. A lot of the fae stories you see nowadays are very elf-like, too. But I was just thinking that was something really cool about Dragon Age was, like, elves were enslaved. Like, that was something I'd never seen before. But I actually hadn't ever really thought about that about dwarves. I can't think of a story where dwarves weren't at the height of their power or even just the main character, you know? We kind of almost got there with hobbits, like they're short, but that's it, you know, like, I mean, unless you're playing as a dwarven warden or something, but you know, in fiction books or movies where dwarves are, they're always the side character. And so I don't know, it's interesting. I wonder why that is. I wonder if anyone's like studied that. I want to study that. (laughs) Oh, I have no idea how many cat meows I'm going to have to edit out of today's episode. (laughs) She's yelling at Um, me. Has she been fed? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, the only ones I can think of that truly have dwarves, like, not in decline is um, Kevin Hearn's uh, Iron Druid Chronicles. He deals with a lot of mythology. Oh my god, you've read those? Oh, yeah, I have. I love that series. Quick shout out, he's going to be here in OKC in June. But uh, I met him him when I was in San Diego. (laughs) <laughs> best. So, but when he deals with the Norse, the dwarves are just doing their thing. They have a stable economy. They're just—it's uh, not until literally—I'm not going to spoil anything—the actions of the thing that happens that everything kind of goes to hell. But until that's then, what I was literally—that's what I was literally thinking. I was like, wait, weren't dwarves like? Aren't they part of Norse mythology originally? And then I was like, mm-hmm. wait, maybe that's just Iron Druid. Like, I don't want to say that know, like it's a fact. I don't know which one came first, you know, chicken and the egg here thing, but, like, it was just, that was the one franchise or series that I came up with was like, alright, here's one where dwarves aren't literally sucking it. <laughs> uh, but I think it's interesting, though, because that, I, at least from what I know, which is not granted a lot about Norse mythology, I have read the Edda back there on the bookshelf, but, um, yeah, like, they are just like the dwarves in every other story where they make all the weapons. And I just think that's interesting how they, they're never, like, the leaders or anything like that. They're they are just, like, making everyone's weapons, and that's it. They're just of service in the, the caves beneath everyone. It's interesting. But I guess they're really good at their craft. Everyone's always talking about how dwarven weapons are the best. So, I was, full, like, my whole idea was to go Varric, and... But then I changed my mind. So I might have to fight you on this one because I don't know if I would want Varric's heart to be broken. Because if you romance him in DA2, he and Hawk have to split up. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe they can still say that the relationship's going on, but he has to leave to become part of Inquisition. And if you romance him in Inquisition, well, from what I've heard your Inquisitor might not necessarily make it at the end. So it all depends on what happens. No spoilers. No spoilers. But that just means that Varric gets his heart broken again. And I don't know if I can make Varric get his heart broken that many times. And I think it would be weird to to romance him as two separate people. That's true. I definitely think they would have had to, like, choose one game, not both. Yeah. But um, I was going to say that I also love just, like, the best friend vibes that Varric and Hawk have. I think that's really sweet. So I do appreciate that. All right. Major Moose. Hit me with your best shot. Oh, God. I don't even want to talk about this one. I just want to listen to everybody else talk about the things that they're passionate about. This is great. This is why I listen to Robots Radio is just listening to nerds talk about nerd shit. And the reason that I don't want to do this 
is because everybody's going to get mad at me. Go so for it. I originally, I originally was going to pick somebody from Mass Effect. Now, everybody knows there's a million people in Mass Effect that everyone wishes that they could potentially make a romanceable partner. But I was actually inspired by you guys doing your episode on uh, Judy in uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk 2077 was a game that I did not enjoy at all. <laughs> I thought it was terrible. But one good thing that came out of it is a character named Misty Olchevsky, I believe is how you pronounce it. She's got a, I think, Polish last name. A little hard to pronounce, but... Misty is the girlfriend of a friend of yours in Cyberpunk 2077. Slight spoiler alert for, for anybody who hasn't played Cyberpunk 2077. Wait, should I say it to, to, to the people Go for who it. One of your best friends dies, and his girlfriend sort of becomes your friend over the course of the story. She, like, talks to you outside of his, like, garage house thing that he was living in, and, like, tells you to take his motorcycle and all this stuff. And the reason I love Misty so much, other than the fact that she just looks fucking awesome, like her character model looks amazing, is that a lot of the stuff that she talks about and a lot of the the stuff that sort of her business represents, I think personally, touches on some of the like larger themes of cyberpunk as a genre. Because to me, the cool thing about cyberpunk, again, as a genre, not as a game, has always been like how much metal and machinery can you replace yourself with before you're no longer a human and misty is somebody who's very much interested in like the afterlife and like what it actually means to be a human and stuff jackie your friend i don't think he was that i don't think he was interested in it as much he seemed like he was just interested in committing crimes and who can blame him honestly but Moreover, um, her her friend Victor, who uh, is like the rip the main like ripper doc in the game, I think the combination of her and Victor really make like a lot of the themes of cyberpunk really come into like clear focus. So that's my submission to the class is is Misty Olchevsky from from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. My first instinct is to be like, that's such a freaking I'm a good guy, vulnerable like oh. Your this is why I didn't even want to bring it up. <laughs> like, just died, and you're like, hey, baby, what's up? You know, like, my first instinct was to say that. But then I was like, I don't really want her to go through that, because you're just going to die, too, as V. But just pretending that doesn't happen, I do love Misty. I think it's really interesting that, like, in this futuristic city, with all this technology, she's, like, this pagan girl who still does tarot cards and has a esoteric shop in the middle of this city. It's super cool. I really like that. And also she is pretty hot, but you know, knowing her story, I'm just kinda like <laughs> kinda moving on her when she's at her most vulnerable. Some some yellow flag behavior. <laughs> maybe maybe wait a little bit on that V. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe just, you know, give it give it some time. I do love everything she has to say to you. Like the tarot card side mission is a little bit tedious just scanning like what is it, twenty two or twenty <laughs> things across the city but when she reads yeah, you your tarot cards it's it's a really nice little touch in there i guess that's more to me at least like that highlights more how mid the game was than she is as a character yeah but that that's what jackie and misty and honestly their relationship like you know while he's still alive those are like two of the only things i enjoyed about cyberpunk and i don't mean to just like shit on the game that obviously like some people in this room love but like to me, Misty and Jackie and, like, their relationship, I was like, oh, maybe this game is going to be amazing. And then Keona Reeves spoke for the first time, and I was like, oh, this Okay, is I will give you that, though. I will give you that. I was, every time I play that, I'm like, this is Keanu Reeves, the great actor? Like, it sounds like he's never acted ever before in his life. He reads things so stagnantly. I will See, give you I, that one for sure. I think that's how he always talks. I think you're just used to like seeing him act, and it it, it feels different when it's not coming out of his physical body. Like I, I, I think he sounds the same old. Like I love Keanu Reeves. Don't get. Yeah. I'm not saying anything negative about him. I just, but I think that's how he always talks. Maybe you're right. The only thing I can think of that's slightly different is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the original one. I tried to get through the atrocity that is the sequel that they just released a couple years ago. 
I couldn't do it. The original is amazing, though. I love that movie. Sin Demas. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Well, as to Misty, like, I haven't ever wanted to romance Misty, but I do wish they would have let you, like, explore the friendship with her much more, like, given her more to do. Because Misty, like, Misty and V could absolutely be best friends. Again, to go back to Liara and Shepard, because that's how, that's what they could be like if they would just let you, like, explore that relationship a little bit more. Not necessarily to go into a romance with a sex scene and all that, but to just go into a deep, meaningful friendship somebody that's always going to be there for you. Like, I could see that. I would like that from this game, that game. Yeah, this brings me back to my point forever, which is, like, we don't always need romance, which I know is hilarious because this podcast is all about romance. But, like, I also will take best friends. Like, just any kind of human connection in a video game makes it feel more real because that's literally real life, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we are social animals. So, like, I want to see it. I need to see it. And we need more of that. And that's what I like about Misty. I was thinking about as you're talking, it's like, she's the only one that like sees both Johnny and V as two separate people. And like, is so compassionate towards them about that. Everyone else is either like using V as a Merc or like Victor cares about V, but doesn't give a shit about Johnny, you know, who, I mean, debatable if he's like a real person or not, but it seems like he is like, it is his soul maybe trapped there. Who knows? But Misty's like the only one who really is super compassionate about that. So I really like her. It definitely is walking the fine line between who do I wish was romanceable and who do I just wish got more dialogue options in the game. It, it could be it, honestly. Agreed on both points, yeah. I will always make um, Mama Wells like her. I will never, like, every time at the funeral, I'm like, no, you gotta be nice to her. She could have been your daughter in law, you don't know. I think <laughs> it's funny that I think our patrons kind of follow the trend a little bit because when we were talking about Mass Effect, everybody was like, I'm going to bring a Mass Effect character. We switched to Cyberpunk and the other two patrons that I have is uh, they're Cyberpunk. So it should be interesting for sure. Let us go into a little bit of a mid-break because we do have some very important people to thank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. First, start off with thanking our lovely, lovely patrons. You guys are absolutely amazing. So let's just go straight down the list. Captain Shanko, Apollo, Toasty, The Cups, Psyche, Meiji Moo, and Stoned Mystios. <sighs> Seriously? The list keeps getting longer and longer and longer, and my heart just keeps growing and growing and growing. I feel like the Grinch up in here, growing three times. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! In the end of May. Yeah, that works. I like giving gifts all year round. But, let's see. So the, the two people that couldn't make it here tonight um, shared their thoughts through Discord to me. Which is a really great way to do this, by the way, if you ever have thoughts that you want to share. Um, especially the Patreon tiers do allow for some members to send in thoughts. And we do put, put out every month at the beginning who we will be covering that month. Uh, so if you ever want to add thoughts on a character, shoot me a DM and I can read them out on the show. Uh, so the first one I will read out is from Shanko. Uh, Shanko couldn't make it tonight, but she sent in her thoughts. Um, I'm sad to miss another patron chat, but I am here in spirit. The character I wish was romanceable in a video game is Adam Smasher. Just kidding, but he is from Cyberpunk. My dream lover is breathtaking. If CD Projekt Red could have figured out a story where Johnny Silverhand became a romance option. 
that is hands down who I would have romanced. I watched a video of a mod called The Lover's Ending, where they modded Johnny to be a romanceable, and I love the concept. Would it fall under the star-crossed lover's trope fee? The runners-up would have to be Armando Bailey or the pansexual Jack romance we all deserved in Mass Effect and Takamura and Jackie Wells from Cyberpunk. Also, potentially and secretly, Adam Smasher. I will not be elaborating further. Okay, you guys had some reactions. (laughs) Adam Smasher is just a big no, first of all. (laughs) He's like a robot. Fully cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. And not the fun, like, sex robot kind. So, no thank you. That's just... His name's Adam Smasher for a reason. He's the one that has absolutely no face and it's just like a red thing in the middle of it. He he's the guy who absolutely punches the shit out of you when you're in that hotel. Which took me a second to realize that's who they were talking about. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's Johnny Silverhand's old nemesis, basically. And And also I was gonna say that he he exhibits a lot of signs of something called cyberpsychosis, which in the cyberpunk red tabletop game is like i don't know if it's in 2077 but it's like basically like you went too far with your with your implants you put too much you know too many chips in your brain and Mm. now you just like are not even really human anymore and that's it's pretty dark obviously but like in terms of really getting into the cyberpunk like ethos like that's that's pretty badass yeah that happened to one of my characters on a cyberpunk run she uh, she unfortunately got chips forcibly installed in her, and it sent her into psychosis. Yeah! I've played some really dark versions of this game. But that is not the, what this podcast is about. It's about happy shit. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So what Toasty wrote in kind of plays into what I want to talk about and who I want to talk about. So V, do you want to go first, or do you want me to read Toasty and then go into mine? No, you can go first. Okay. I'm fine. Toasty said, I was going to say Evelyn from Cyberpunk. And I was like, hmm, okay, I can work with that. Do you have a reason? Pretty short. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but here's the thing is that he was like, because she's really determined and fearless. And because I think it could have been a cool possibility for a poly relationship if they had made her romanceable with both V and Judy. And I was like, yeah, all right, I could see that. Especially because Judy is still pretty torn about, you know, it's like, I love Evelyn. I love, or, you know, I want to be with Evelyn and the whole mission to go and try and save her. I think that maybe if that had been an option to say like, I understand this attraction. Why don't we just make a thruple out of this? And it could have worked. And maybe things wouldn't have ended the way that they did. Because somebody else would have been home with Evelyn while Judy was out getting bread. I would hope that if you could romance her that way, that the quest line would be vastly different. So that wouldn't have even happened to her. That would be ideal. But, you know, it's, it's Night City, so... I also just realized that I don't know if I would like it if you don't romance somebody, they die. Oh, but they do that oh. to Miranda, so never mind. Only your love can save them. Well, Miranda lives if you're a friend, because she lives in my playthrough. But not a yeah. romance. No, no, sorry, not a romanced Miranda. Oh, Miranda dies if you romance her? So, sort of. Okay, so if you romance Miranda in two... And then don't rekindle in three. She will die. Oh, okay. The only way she died in three is if you don't warn her about what's his face. Nope. There's a couple steps. If you miss one of any of them. Yeah. Missing one of any of those tasks will get her killed. Yeah, but I really wanted her to die. Doesn't make any sense to me since she's like half the face of franchise, give or take. Because they were pushing you to romance Liara in three. I mean, that was incredibly heavy-handed of them to do the entire time, but your point, yeah. Yeah. Is your point that they should have poly romances in games? Because I definitely am behind that. Uh, yes, 100%. The thing that you wanted to talk (laughs) about, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's a representation that we haven't really seen yet in video games. And it's not a brand new phase or a new fad people are going through. No, no, not at all. In Cyberpunk, it could have been a really easy way to go through things. And especially, I think, with Carrie being canonically bisexual, but then they switched him to being gay only in it. I was like, that's a character that you could have made that work with. I'll take it even a step further and say that not only is it kind of redonkulous that we don't get a poly-like relationship option in Cyberpunk, in the world of Cyberpunk as I know it, the fact that anyone is monogamous is kind of ridiculous and makes no sense. Yeah. Because it's just like anywhere you look, there's just nuclear waste. There are cyber psycho people tearing each other apart in the streets and there's just drugs galore and like everyone is miserable. Who's got time to to go date somebody? You want to go steady and have a solo relationship? Because I think that's the best way to survive Night City. No, I yeah. don't think it would work out that way. They portray everyone monogamously in that game, though. Like, if you're not a prostitute whose job is to sleep with multiple people, then you're just sleeping with one person. Even Johnny Silverhand is only shown with one person, and he's supposed to be this, like, huge rocker party animal, and you're just like, you're telling me he's in love with one person, like, and he hates everything? Okay. I mean, I, the romantic part of me is like, super cute, oh my gosh, let's romance you. But on the other hand, it doesn't seem very realistic for his character. He was dating all, like, nine years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like, now. That was 2013, wasn't it? Yeah, but, I mean, she's, like, dead, so (laughs) he's mine now. If they can split us up, brain-wise, I would give it a go. Why not? No, but I I will say, though, and I feel like we've, we've, like, talked about this, like, on this show before, but, like, just the fact that there's so little sexuality options and so little in terms of, like, non-binary representation in games and stuff like at this point just seems so i don't know just cowardly i guess of game developers to not just be like hey there are people out there that like exist in poly relationships should we put that in our game and then the the, you know the developers are just never never hopefully it gets to be that way like we do have some major upcoming releases from a company that we know can do romances quite well And hopefully we get to see a little bit more of that representation that we're looking for. If I may say, cowardly seems a little, is a little strong, I would say. I meant every word, Psych. I meant every (laughs) word. Fair enough. Go back to Evelyn. Do we think, would Judy be okay with that as we know her? I don't know if Judy would be down with that. Judy is like a hopeless romantic kind of person. Mm -hmm. I don't know that she would be down with that relationship, even if we were. Yeah, because she dated Maiko, and they you can see emails between the two of them. Judy was kind of jealous when Maiko was, you know, doing her job. And I'm not faulting Judy for that. Like, it is probably really hard to date a successful sex worker, you know, and feel like you have their whole heart in this crazy world. Because Judy is so, like, dependent. Like, the way she falls in love is so quick and stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe... The way she always looked at Evelyn, I feel like, is less romantically and more, like, kind of obsessive. It's not, like, a healthy attachment. So, I mean, I think it'd be cute to have a thruple. I just don't know if they would be the thruple I would want to start thruples with in video games. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think we are on to you, V. I'm actually surprised (laughs) that no one has mentioned this character. To be fair, this whole game that this character is in does not have great romances and that is fallout 4 nick motherfucking valentine if that man slash synth was romanceable i would be married to him i love him so much i actually was doing some research on this because i was like i cannot be the only one that is upset that nick valentine was not romanceable and to be fair like i said fallout 4 is not great with romance you basically just flirt with them do like a pseudo loyalty mission And then every time you sleep in a bed with them as your companion, they'll like reference that you guys slept together. And that's the romance, like that's it. And there is a mod that you can download to kind of make 
a Nick Valentine romance, but it's not a real romance. I actually found a change.org petition to get Bethesda to make him an actual romance. And unfortunately, there were only 22 signatures on it. And I was like, this is depressing because I would have signed that if I knew. It's already closed. It's been closed for like six years. Oh, it's so frustrating to me. I, But this change.org uh, petition that I found, they wrote that despite being one of your possible travel buddies, despite the fact that he exchanges flirty banner with your playable character, despite the fact that he comes across as a kind and generous individual, he is not romanceable. He claims he wants something that fully belongs to him, not some remnant of the human Nick Valentine's past. Because if you don't know, Nick Valentine is a synthetic, meaning like he's an android, basically. And they downloaded an actual human's personality onto him. So, And he remembers all of the human's memories, but he's like his own thing, right? And they said, and I agree, that a romance would have helped flesh out his character and create a nice solid arc of giving him something that actually is his. And I agree. And I'm sad. I To this day, I'm sad. I love Nick Valentine. He's so cute. But that being said, in Fallout 4, because I couldn't romance Nick, I had to romance Hancock. That was the only obvious choice. Finn, my rant is over. I know of at least one listener who also fully agrees with you that Nick is their top choice for a person they wish was romanceable. Yeah, my best friend Eileen. That is something we share in common as well. One of the many reasons she's my best friend is because she also wants to romance Nick Valentine. Even though even though I love Fallout, I, believe it or not, have never played Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Um are synths like androids yeah. or like they make okay. them the uh, institute makes them and nick was one of the first two synthetic humans like synths as they're called um, okay yeah so i'm yeah prior to this which is I why he I... looks he looks the way he does because he was like the one of the first two um since mm. at the time you're playing the game can either look just like robots and are terrifying or can look just like people and you don't know that they're synths. And that's like the, the fear of everyone is like, Oh, you know, they stole, they stole my kid and replaced him with a synth or something. Cause I guess, you know, in fallout land, they have the resources to just steal random people and replace them with synthetic humans. Like they can just right. make them at will apparently, but you know, they okay. can't, have infrastructure or anything (laughs) you know reading about this character makes me want to play fallout 4 really bad which i have it downloaded i just haven't played it and you know what else too is because i was reading about sykes character what is her name lilith lillian lilith i was reading about the class that she is which is siren and Mm -hmm. just like got sucked into this borderlands wiki rabbit hole to where now i'm like do i want to play the borderlands series or am I just interested in the lore? <laughs> like, it's very heavily Greek themed, but yeah, it's. I mean, play it. <laughs> what I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say about like Nick's missions in Fallout Four are my favorite part. Have you played Detroit Become Human? Because if you like Hank, yeah, you're right. We've talked about this. Hank and Connor's whole part of the game. That's like going on. Because Nick's a detective, so you get to go solve little crimes and stuff with him. Does and he flip a quarter between his fingers to make him detect No, but he smokes, <laughs> smokes a cigarette. And when I say when you're wandering around the wasteland in the dark and you see that light light up his half-missing synth face, I'm just like, please love me. I love you so much. You're so freaking cool. I love him. Yeah, it's great. That's the best part of the game for me is like solving his, his little case. I love you. He has like a little detective agency, Valentine detective agency. And I'm just like, this is what I want. I want like detective stuff. This is so fun. I love it. Am I the only one that hasn't played Fallout? No, I have not. I respect the hell out of Bethesda and what they do, but my completionist brain cannot handle the sheer amount of stuff to do. It, it overwhelms me, and I go, okay, I can't do it. Bye. Yeah, that's the only reason I can play, because I am not a completionist. But I do end up 
getting lost in all the side missions and not ever finishing the main story. So I have to say, I've never actually finished the main story of Fallout 4 because <laughs> there's like hundreds of hours of side quest stuff to do. And that's what I just do. I just do that. I know how it ends because my husband's finished it and I've watched him, but I never finish it. I'll usually get right up to the last mission and be like, all right, now I'm going to go do more stuff. I don't want to finish the game quite yet, you know? Yeah. I'm going to play it. I just haven't yet. I've watched people play it. <laughs> okay, so I have to speak up for the Fallout fandom right now for like just the people who haven't played it. Don't don't start with Fallout 4. Start with New Vegas because New Vegas is not only I would assume because I, I haven't played all of them, I would assume the best in the Fallout series. It is just one of the best RPGs ever. See, and I've heard that the Fallout community has so much conflict within it about, like, which game is the best one to play and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? I think the Pip-Boy looks Wait, cool. nerds fighting? No I way. I know. Even within, like, the Discord server, it's like, oh, start with 76. No, start with New Vegas. No, start with 4. And it's just like, I played that one vault game on your cell phone where you had to, like, <laughs> build out your place. And I thought that that was cute. But that's about all my Fallout is probably going to get to. We shall my see. My wife loves that mobile. Like, she will sink hours into it. And I'm just like, why? It's cute. Because it's It's fun. not for me because if I'm playing a game, I want, like, a game. I don't, I'm not a mobile gamer because I, ne I need to sink time. That's why I don't end up playing games often because I play it for a long span of time at once and then I go a week or two and... That's just how I have to play, because like, I don't get a lot of time. But Anytime I play a mobile game, I just end up being like, this is why I bought the Switch. It's so that yes. I, when I'm at the doctor's office and I'm bored as shit, I can start playing Zelda and not yeah. some gotcha like puzzle mobile game. Yeah. yeah. No shade to mobile game developers, because they're clearly successful. They're just not my thing. But I will say with Fallout, I have played Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout 4. I've watched my husband play Fallout 76. I have to say that one to me seems like the weakest link, but I'm also not an MMO person. And at Fallout's kind of world really doesn't lend itself to an MMO, in my opinion. So I will say that it's fun, but it's not my jam. Fallout New Vegas, it's funny because it's the only one developed by Obsidian. So it's got a different feel, even though it's in the Fallout universe, because it's not developed. It's published by Bethesda, but not developed by Bethesda. So it kind of feels a little bit different. I do love Fallout 4 because I do love making the um, settlements. Like you can actually build settlements and, and like power them with electricity and build them out of wood or steel or whatever. It's really fun to do that. You can't do that in any of the other games, maybe in 76. But um, Fallout 3 for me was such a good game. It's maybe too old now. Maybe the graphics aren't good anymore. I don't know. But like I loved, I loved that game because I still remember that at the very end when if you choose this path and decide to purify all the water and use the big robot thing to like, I can't remember what he was, something prime, I think. And you're just following him and this amazing music is playing. And I was just like this little kid, like, Oh my God, this His is name so is cool. Liberty prime. Liberty prime. Yeah. And freaking Liam Neeson voices your dad in that game. <laughs> that was the best part for me. I loved that game. Fallout three is great. Cause the, each game is taking place in a different area of america fallout 3 is in maryland is it in maryland i think and it's fallout supposed 4... to take place in like the dc area i'm pretty sure yeah the dc area and fallout 4 is boston area and fallout new vegas is obviously like southern california and vegas i will say that until i played fallout new vegas fallout 3 was my favorite but i think fallout new vegas is because they have the new california republic and all the, the different groups are so good. Really fleshed out well. No I think romance, though. As all you of can't us, have as, sex with a robot. That's a, that's a big minus, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as all, you know, all of us are either fans of Dragon Age, Mass Effect, these types of RPGs where we like to feel like our choices matter. I think one of the prime examples of that, to me, is, is Fallout New Vegas, for sure. Like, every choice that you make actually feels like it does things in the and I think it is less big than Fallout 4. So if you get overwhelmed, try New Vegas. Well, Fallout 4 is free. So that's, that's a plus. <laughs> that is a plus. 
it's really good. Like Fallout Four is really, really, really good too. So you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, maybe eventually we'll get there, uh, or I will get there. But I'm also having a lot of fun playing Inquisition, and I already have my next hero, Hawk and Herald, planned out. And I also have a Bro Shep run that I still haven't pushed past Mass Effect One. And I also have to play The Last of Us, and I have to uh, finish the Cyberpunk run, and, you know, there's a lot. And so if you're telling me, mm-hmm. oh, hey, the romances in Fallout 4 aren't really gen breakdown scenes, I don't know if it's going to hit high on my priority list. Yeah. I think in that case, you should just describe what you imagine would happen in a gen breakdown I was just thinking about that with Hancock. I was like, he's a ghoul. How would that look like? Mm, I have thoughts. I've already kind of thought about that one, actually. Uh, like I said, I've watched people play Fallout. So, um, But I think that that's actually a pretty good place to end the show for the night. Because we've definitely talked about a lot of characters that we wish were romanceable. I wish that there was more poly representation or more asexual representation i think that that one's really important where you do get that a romantic bond that is more than just friendship bond uh, a little bit more than friendship and you still get the romance about it because contrary to popular belief my whole world is not sex i do in fact enjoy uh relationships that don't necessarily involve it uh, i'm so sorry can i interject one thing the whole no, time fuck that off. Apollo was t- <laughs> <laughs> the whole time that Apollo was talking about Aloy, I was just like, what if Aloy is asexual? What if she doesn't want anybody? That Well, that just means you don't want to have sex. Not that you're not in love. They could show love. And Aromantic is also really a thing. Done. Yeah. I don't want her to be that, though. <laughs> I, I, want, I want her. She's so alone. That's the whole story arc for her so far it seems like because it's not finished but it starts off of her always doing everything by herself trying to keep that going and then finding out in the second game like she actually does need help and then she starts to gently rely on people and towards the end she's like really relying on people and that's good for her we shouldn't be alone agreed we shouldn't be alone uh so let's go around the room of our friends And they can let us know where people can reach out to them if they need somebody to talk to about cool Mass Effect stuff, like the RPG games, or if they want to talk Dragon Age, or if they want to talk Horizon, or Apollo just kind of mishmashes everything together. He plays all the games. (laughs) Except Fallout. Except Fallout. You're right. Psych, I believe you're first. Okay, uh, I've got three things to plug here. Uh, First is I'm co-host with Captain Chenko on the Mass Effect or not Mass Effect, on the MCU Lorecast. I'll get to the other one in a second. Um, <laughs> we're still still working on it uh, as as everyone can hear. You know, Chenko's not here for, for reasons and that's kind of slowed us down on, on stuff, but we're, we're working on it. Then I'm a player on the Mass Effect Blue Shift tabletop RPG that has just jumped over to the Robots Radio Network as well. Uh, we have an, kind of an episode zero up on Spotify and Stitcher. I hear we're really funny. Is, <laughs> is what everyone says. And then, for me personally, if you are in the greater OKC metro area, you can look up Norman Family Theater, and we have a production of Much Ado About Nothing, starring yours truly and a wonderful cast of other actors so if you want to catch some live theater you know coming out of the pandemic here now's a good time to do it and support your community theaters when you posted about that i was so happy for you like i'm like yes because you got one of the main leads and i'm like psych so happy i would love to go if it wasn't so far away i would totally go apollo you're up next Hey, well, I'm Apollo on the Discord. Um, I don't really have anything to plug. I'm lucky in that I don't have to get up before I feel like getting up until August as of yesterday, so that's nice. Get to go see Jimmy Buffett in Orange Beach next week. 
and then Joan Jett and Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard in Orlando <gasps> in two more weeks. So oh. got a little 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 fun stuff going coming around. Now that's a lineup. Holy crap! They, it got canceled. It was this is rescheduled. It got it was scheduled when COVID hit two years ago. Everything shut down. So finally making it back. Sorry, uh, Motley Crue started playing in my head, and I was like, no, please, Dr. Feelgood, get out. I cannot have you in there all night. <laughs> Shelby, Miss Sheikha. Yeah, so I am the co-host of the Dragon Age Lorecast and the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. So if you're interested in either of those franchises, definitely check out our shows. And we also have a Discord server um, it's called The Cups Podcasting. You can find the links in our podcast descriptions. So come hang out with us over there or on the robots uh, server. Um, either one. We're on both places. Meiji Moose. My name is Meiji Moose. Check me out wherever you watch content and stuff. Um, I also started doing a thing called the Storm Sorcerer Podcast, so you can check that out, like, wherever you do podcasts or you can check it out on YouTube and whatnot. Um, you should also, let me just tell you guys, you should go to weareplannedparenthoodaction.org and start raising funds to defend Roe v. Wade. They're trying to take away your rights, people. Go check it out. Donate now. We can put stuff in the show notes and the descriptions and everything like that. If you have stuff that you want to um, sponsor, especially when it comes to um, reproductive rights. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So, I do have a little bit of extra plugging to do tonight, mainly because uh, five shows in three days. <laughs> I'd love to let people know what's going on. I guest starred on the Dragon Age lore cast talking about one of my absolute favorite characters of Zevran. We talked about the spicy little elf who stole his way into my heart and holds a very special place. So when that episode comes out, Probably in a couple of weeks, I will be on that and you can hear all my hot takes and juicy little tidbits. I was on the Holocron Histories, a podcast discussing the differences between the legacy and the new canon of Star Wars, uh, hosted by Teacup and Ben of Tamaria. Uh, I was on their Patreon episode alongside my Darth Toasty they talk about um, the canon versus the legends. So for the first Patreon episode, we decided to talk fan theories. So you get to hear me go on and on about Darth Jar Jar. Then, as always, I am on the Witcher Lorecast Patreon episode where we haven't decided what we're talking about yet. And following that up with the Mass Effect Lorecast Patreon episode where we still have not decided what we're going to talk about yet. So, who the fuck knows what those ones will be about? But it should be fun, as always. And, of course, if you like to hear me rambling and swearing and saying shit when I meant to say Sith, uh, you can... <laughs> um, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me in our Two Girls One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel or on our own personal server, or on the teacup server. I am Jenna Sith on uh, that one. Uh, come give us a follow on all the social medias. I think we're most active on Twitter. It's where I'm having a lot of fun. And you can also follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash two girls, one ship. Links to those are in the description. You guys should, um, on the Mass Effect Lorecast, talk about what you want bioware gear store to make a plushie next released the blasto plushie or that's coming out in june he looks so cute i want one. he looks so cute or i want uh, i want funny. bioware to, um, to not release anything for a month so i can stop spending money stop <laughs> okay, take, yeah. a take a break that's real. take a break take my tally statue bioware my so, so much credit card debt stop please <laughs> You know what they freaking need to do? They need to release another Gears statue. I don't want a canvas print. My walls are full of art. I need a statue. Bioware Gear Store, listen to me. I want... I've been waiting. I don't want a silver one either. I'm not going to take the time to paint it. I want it already painted. Please, please. We all want Gears. I don't want Tim 
I want Garrus. So they need to do that. Um, I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well. And on our Two Girls, One Ship Discord server now, where we can nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. And be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch and YouTube, Fridays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And our podcast episodes release on Mondays, because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. Thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. And may the force be with you, and stay safe on the path. <laughs> Keep us alive, Shepard. Live long and prosper. <laughs> By Grathnor's hammer, you shall be avenged. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it so much. Oh my god, girl, that's so fetch. <laughs> so fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs>